Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Vox Tablet. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. Today, a look at being gay and being orthodox. In 2001, filmmaker Sandy Dubowski put out a documentary called Trembling Before God. The film is about orthodox men and women who are gay and who don't want to give up either their religious lifestyle or their sexuality, despite the fact that the two appear to be mutually exclusive. That film was met with a lot of hostility by some orthodox leaders, while other people actually took it as an opportunity to address more openly a subject that has been somewhat hidden up until that point. Where do things stand now, a decade later, for gay Orthodox Jews? That is the subject of a new documentary called Devout by Sana Golzar and Diana Neal. The film follows seven women who've taken different approaches to maintaining their religion and their sexual identity. Golzar and Neal are broadcast journalists who produced the film while they were at the Columbia School of Journalism in New York City. They've both graduated, and we're speaking today with Diana Neal from her home in Johannesburg, South Africa. Diana Neal, welcome to Vox Tablet. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Diana, as we said in the introduction, you could look at your film at Devout as something of a sequel to Trembling Before God. I wonder, did you even know about that film, about Trembling Before God, when you started making yours? And do you see your objectives in making the film as similar to those uh, of Sandy Dubowski? Absolutely. Um, when I first decided to make the film and Sana and I started working together, um, well, we went to our professor at Columbia University and, and I, I put forward my idea and she said, well, have you seen Trembling Before God? And it was literally the first thing that she that she said. So we immediately went and watched the film and were really inspired by the work that Sandy did um, 10 years ago. And we, we didn't want to really replicate exactly what he had done, but it definitely follows in the same vein. What are some of the differences? I think I think Sandy's film really focuses on what it's like to be gay and be and, and orthodox at the same time, and and really what a struggle it can be for so many people, um, and how they try to reconcile those differences. Um, and while our film is also about reconciling differences, I think we place much more of a focus on how the community is is developing and how the community is accepting this phenomenon or this issue, um, and also how it's it's also starting to accept um, gay orthodox people into the community more. Um, maybe not in all cases, but it definitely seems as though there is a move, um, you know, with things like the Statement of Principles that was penned last year, that there really has been a move towards trying to come to terms and to grapple with this issue. You referenced the Statement of Principles. Can you just elaborate for people who don't know what that is, what you're referring to? So the Statement of Principles was penned last year, and what it really was was a culmination of a group of modern Orthodox rabbis who had attended the discussion at Yeshiva University uh, about homosexuality in the Orthodox community or in the Jewish community as a whole, um, there was an, a tremendous reaction to this discussion. And while, the, while Yeshiva University was only expecting maybe 10 or 20 people to attend, there were over 800 people there who came to just to listen to what people had to say and to discuss the issue and people who really felt passionately about it. So they were there and I think they realized what, what a big issue this was. And um, Together, they they wrote down a, a kind of a list, I guess, of of what the community could do to to make this issue more bearable for people who are really struggling with it and trying to belong to the Jewish community, but also stay true to who they are. So while the statement doesn't necessarily 
you know, um, making statements of accepting homosexuality as a lifestyle, um, it definitely makes a move towards acceptance and towards um, allowing people into schools and, sh and synagogues freely and, and trying to, to make them feel more like they do belong and that they're welcome rather than kind of shunned members of society. Let's talk a little bit about some of the characters in your film. One of the most memorable is probably a woman by the name of Hani Getter. Tell our listeners a little bit about her. Khani Getter is an amazing person. Uh, we had the privilege of meeting Khani. We, we found her actually online when we were searching for, for people to talk to. Um, and Khani grew up in an extremely orthodox community in Monsey in upstate New York um, and was married at the age of 17 to a man that she that she had met once and um, and her marriage unfortunately didn't work out. And I think she she was very brave in that she she decided to break away and, and kind of try and make it on her own with three young children at the age of about 24. And um, I think she realized at a young age that she was very different. And she's always just had kind of the courage of her conviction to really be who she is and who she wants to be. Um, despite all odds, I think she's faced quite a lot of persecution from her, from her childhood community. And though she still lives in very close proximity to where she grew up, um, she leads quite a different lifestyle to, to what she did then. Uh, Hani is studying towards becoming a rabbi or a rabbi, uh, which is in itself very controversial. Um, there's only really one Orthodox Jewish woman rabbi um, in New York at the moment, I think. And um, she's just an amazing person. She's inspired a lot of people. She gives talks. She travels across the country, and she's even been overseas to talk about being gay and being Orthodox or, you know, trying to find your place in the community, whether you should, you know, shift to a maybe a less strict sect of, Ju of Judaism or, you know, really just trying to grapple with the issue and, and, and find and help people find their place. So she's a really inspirational person. In the film, she speaks quite explicitly about a very painful episode in which her neighbors, her Orthodox neighbors, began to ostracize her and her children. Uh, and they went so far as to try to get the landlord uh, to evict Khani and her kids from their home. Uh, can you talk a little bit about her decision to fight to stay there among people who are so openly hostile? Yeah, that was the one thing that, that we really felt was so powerful about Khani is that she really does believe that you can only be the change you want to see in your community and that you can only make that change if you stay with that community. So, um, you know, it was quite a big decision for her to have to, to move back to Monsey or to move to that neighborhood, and especially with her children. Um, and, you know, the, the thing about Khani is she's incredibly devout. She's completely devoted to God. It, it, it shapes her entire life. And when she moved to that neighborhood, I think she felt that, that you know, with time and with, with you know, with, a lot, I guess, a lot of prayer and, and with the right kind of attitude, she, she could eventually begin to change the attitudes of her neighbors and her community. And I think, you know, it's, it's been a bit, it's been slow going. But, you know, since that incident... And since she was almost kicked out of her house with her three children, um, I think her community has kind of, now that the rabbi has stepped in, they've kind of settled down and they've realized that she's, she's not a threat to them at all. Um, she, she actually told us a very interesting story in one of our interviews about how she went to her school reunion and she drove there on the weekend and um, she she wore pants and, you know, she has very short hair and that's all kind of these, these signs of someone who doesn't quite follow the norm and follow the requirements of, of um, halakha. And, 
you know, she pitched up there and, and everyone was really giving her a tough time and no one would talk to her and, and she really felt quite quite shunned, but she stayed. And um, at the end of the of this of the, the whole thing, when when they wanted someone to pray, they turned to Khani and said, Khani, would you please say the prayer? And she said she thought that was so ironic that even though they don't accept her, they still realize and they, they still identify her as being really devout and really close close to, to God. So um, I think that was a moment where she realized that she could probably break through that that boundary and and just eventually help to change people's perspective of this issue. Let's talk a little bit about Lena and Haley Heskill. Their uh, story in the film introduces a whole different set of challenges. Would you please uh, sort of tell our listeners who they are and what is their uh, story arc? Sure. Um, Haley and Lena Heskiel are a couple that we met at a, a lesbian retreat in upstate New York, um, kind of in the middle of last year. And the interesting thing about them is that Haley is a male-to-female transgender. Um, they're, they've been married for five years, and they have a son. And they're Orthodox, and they were both brought up quite strictly, um, Haley in particular. And so when Haley came out and told Lena that it was, you know, really difficult for her to continue as she was and that she wanted to actually become a woman, um, obviously that, that was a, a huge issue in, in, their, in their lives, um, coming from quite a conservative and obviously orthodox family. Um, so they were really just interesting in that they, like, as you say, they really do represent a whole different issue in this particular topic, um, in you know representing the transgender community. Um, and as they say, and as a lot of people have said, that you know if it's if it's difficult for gay people in the Orthodox Jewish community, it's twice as hard for transgender people. Um, so it was really interesting to see how they deal as a couple and also as as Orthodox Jews. In, in kind of figuring out where to go with this and, and how to fit in. And I think the, 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 the feeling with them definitely was that they, they were outcasts um, because I don't think that they got a lot of acceptance. Actually, I know that they didn't get acceptance from the community that they were living in um, to the point where their son had to move schools and um, they, they don't go to synagogue anymore because they just feel that it's just too hurtful every time to face those issues. Um, but they've been very brave about it. And what I find amazing about them, if I may say, is that um, they've really stuck together uh, through this through this whole thing where I think a lot of couples would have struggled. They're making it as a family, which I think is really, it's, it's amazing. In the film, you profile another couple, Elisa Kaplan and Pamela Plastic, and they've been together several years now, uh, though Elisa used to be married to a man and she's got two children. Um, and if I understood... Correctly from Devout, Pamela was not raised Orthodox. I think it might be hard for some viewers to understand why they insist on living an Orthodox lifestyle when other denominations of Judaism would probably be much more accepting of them. And in fact, that's probably true across the board for the people that you profile in the film. That was, I think, what our, the crux of our film was about and something that we really tried to answer was why would you want to hold on to a religion that makes it so hard to do so? Um, and we, we asked Pam a lot of questions about why why she'd want to be part of this community. And she I think orthodoxy means so much to her, and the, the idea of being orthodox and the goal of becoming orthodox has meant so much to her for so long that you know she's willing to, to compromise and she's willing to do what it takes to, to belong. Um, so, you know, as she says... She can't not be gay. It's it's as it's as inherent to her soul as being a Jew, as she says in the film. And um, 
I think for them, what what was really important was was that was their relationship with God, and I think that they they felt that they could only reach that level or or prove that to themselves and to their community by by being Orthodox and living that lifestyle, and um, that was really important to them. But at the same time, they're they're lesbians and they they're a couple and they love each other, so. I think they've really had to f- to find a balance and to, to try and figure that out for themselves. Um, and luckily for them, I think, which is great, is that they live in a, a quite an open-minded, modern Orthodox c- community in New Jersey. And they've actually found quite a lot of acceptance from their friends who've kind of rallied around them. Now, Diana, neither you nor your co-producer, Sana, are Jewish or gay. Is that right? That's correct. How did you come to this subject? Well, as a student at Columbia University in the journalism school, um, we had to choose neighborhoods to report on for, for the semester. And I stumbled upon Borough Park in Brooklyn as my beat, as kind of my, my, my neighborhood. And I uh, thought it was really interesting. And one of the nights where I was kind of checking out my beat, as they'd say, uh, it was a hot summer night and I, I was wearing, I don't know, shorts and a, a strappy top. And um, I kind of stumbled into this neighborhood at around 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and I kind of felt like I'd fallen into a parallel universe because I've honestly really never seen a community like that before. You know, there were a lot of families standing around and talking and, and parents on the street with their children, and it was just a, bu- it was just a, a buzzing place. And um, I was really fascinated, and I, I kind of couldn't take my eyes off the scene. Um, at the same time, I was completely unaware of the fact that I was getting some pretty hostile looks. And after a while, I started to realize that I didn't quite fit into the setting um, and it was quite hard for me to to kind of not feel a bit resentful towards the fact that I really, you know, didn't mean any harm by being there. And I honestly had innocently stumbled in there and that I, I, I quite clearly wasn't welcome um, when at the same time I was so fascinated and so kind of moved by by the, the community and the intimacy of, of the community that I that I was watching. So I guess I kind of I went home that night thinking that I was really I really wanted to know more and, and kind of almost defiantly find a way in to, to find out more about these people and about about the Jewish community and the Jewish culture, um, which I'd never experienced at home before. I, I actually I, I attended a predominantly Jewish primary school or a, um, I don't know what you call it in the States, um, a kind of a grade school. And um, I had a lot of Jewish friends as a, as a young girl, but I'd never really known the Orthodox community. So I, I guess there was kind of this this curiosity and almost a bit of a defiance <laughs> in wanting to to find out more, and then um, the whole Carl Palladino thing happened, where he was in Borough Park campaigning for governor uh, in 2010, and um, he had a speech written for him by um, Rabbi Yehuda Levin, which was quite um, inflammatory towards gay people, and it caused quite a quite a stir. So I was reporting on that story for my degree. And um, that's how I kind of started to, to figure out that that homosexuality in this community, quite obviously, as I realized then, was was a big issue and that people were really struggling to try and come to terms with with this. And um, I just started meeting some amazing people. And I, I just I really wanted to find out more and, and kind of find out, you know, how people were, were dealing with that. Did you ever worry about your capacity to fully understand uh, these women's experiences or to fully represent them, given that you do come from such a different background than they do? All the time. All the time. I think we really we really worried all the time that um, that we would miss something or that we would we would be insensitive. 
Um, and I think we did worry that that we would that we wouldn't quite cut it, you know. And every time we met someone new, they'd say, "Well, you know, are you Jewish?" And we say, "No." And are you gay? And no. Um, you know, why are you doing the story? And we'd say, "Well, we, we just really we really care about it." You know, we think it's so interesting. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think just our curiosity and our dedication to, and we really made it a mission to to let people talk for themselves and really kind of. Um, try really hard not to misrepresent people or um, kind of let things go out of perspective because you can so easily make mistakes and people's lives are really kind of affected by that. So I think we were really careful and we were really curious and we were really persistent as well. And um, I, I, I hope that 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 was enough to you know bring across how how important and how kind of how interesting as well this this topic is. So yeah, obviously we weren't as successful in um, in the, the religious community in terms of talking to rabbis. You know, we had a lot of failed attempts at organizing meetings and phone conversations where we were kind of just told, no, sorry, the rabbi's not available today. Um, which was really disappointing because we did want to make sure that it was balanced and that it was fair and that both sides had a say, you know, in an issue like this. Where has the film been screened and how has it been received? So far, um, because most of the film festivals kind of the the deadlines had closed by the time we'd finished making the film, uh, we've kind of been sitting on it to to send it out early next year. But it was screened at Columbia University, and I'm, I'm hoping that it'll be screened here in Johannesburg, which is apparently quite a tough crowd. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but at this point, it hasn't been screened at a, at a festival um, yet, but we're really we're hoping to push it and, and get it out there. So that's our goal now. Um, and, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Diana Neal, thank you so very much for speaking with us. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was a pleasure. Diana Neal's documentary is called Devout. She co-produced it with Sana Golzar. You can see an excerpt of it on our website, tabletmag.com. We want to know what you thought of our podcast. Send us an email at podcast at tabletmag.com. Vox Tablet is produced by Julie Subrin. I'm your host, Sarah Ivory. From everybody at Tablet Magazine, we wish you a very happy new year, and we hope you'll join us for many more conversations in 2012.